0: Have you been watching the Murdoch murders on Netflix?
1: For over a century, the Murdochs were law and order here in the 14th Circuit. The family was under increasing amount of stress. Every oh. <laughs> emergency. My wife and Tom to just got
0: bad. It didn't seem real at the time. The double homicides of Maggie and
1: Paul really changed everything.
0: I think this may very well be related to the death of Mallory Beach. What was the motivation other than revenge? There are that don't add up and bodies tied to this family. Whoo! Uh, It is a wild story. There's a docu-series on Netflix. That's the trailer for that one. There's also a series on HBO Max. There's been countless podcasts being done about this trial and just the story because it is layered, it is detailed, and it is scandalous, to say the least. So the latest is that Alex Murdaugh, the disgraced now lawyer, uh, was found guilty of murdering his wife and his son yesterday after a six-week trial. We're going to dive into it with my next guest, who is a criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator, and I know he's got a lot of opinions and a lot to say about this one. Ari Goldkind is joining the show. Ari, good afternoon. Always good to talk with you.
1: Chelsea, you flatter me so. Yeah.
0: Well, Ari, I know that I know you've got opinions on this one. I mean, where I do, do. We, where do we even start? How, first of all, have you been have you been watching all of the pop culture surrounding this Are you consuming the docu series uh, and the and the uh, podcasts and everything or are you just looking at this strictly from a professional viewpoint?
1: Well, you know, I'd love to give you my legal lawyer answer, which is I only look at this through a professional. I went to law school, (laughs) best law school in the country, and I'm immune from all of it. Chelsea, anybody who tells you that is drinking their own Kool-Aid. So, (laughs) well, yes, I'm going to put a legal lens on it. You can't really escape from the influence. And we'll talk about this, particularly the speed of the jury verdict, which I have a guess you're going to ask me about. We're going to talk about whether all the stuff on the outside, the culture, the courtroom of public opinion, factors in. And I think it does. And it's something that we're seeing more and more in these sort of high-profile trials. But there's a number of things here that concern me. I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm not saying I believe he didn't do it or did do it. But when you have what's gone on through this case where he's essentially being convicted for being a really, really bad guy for the last 10 years, that's a different conclusion than he has killed his wife and son beyond a reasonable doubt of proof. And I can explain why, but let me pause there.
0: I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the arguments is that he, his alleged financial crimes were really coming to light. And it was really, it was by design to, to show what was going on in his life leading up to the murder. Some people saying that that suggests motive. Others, as I think you might be alluding to, say that, look, it was just designed to make him look like a bad guy. That doesn't necessarily make him a criminal or make him a murderer
1: and both of well it makes him a criminal there's no doubt about that especially if you look at a part of the story here which nobody's going to talk about now i think it's a real shame that it's not here's the part that's not being talked about i don't know if any of your listeners or you have read a book called hillbillyology it's a really really good book it's written by jd vance who's now a senator or congressman from ohio why do i say that because he's written about what opioids have done to so many places in the country, and we seem to only care about opioids when it's poor people or addictions for poor people or people in Appalachia or coal country. This man got addicted to opioids, and without the influence of drugs in his life, which he was indicted for, grand jury, this is all part of the record, for about eight to nine years, he had a huge opioid addiction. So that's a part of the story that I don't think we could take out of it, particularly with the scourge and rise of fentanyl, too. The financial misdeeds, the law firm, all of this to end up paying for the habit, sure, he's a criminal for doing that. He stole money from clients. As a lawyer, there's nothing worse. But that's a very different proposition than he blew his wife and son away because of those issues. Now, I'm not saying he didn't because the prosecution's strongest argument was three initials that I like to call MMO, which is means, motive, and opportunity and based on the evidence they presented he had all three of those the motive part though was the weakest of those and remember chelsea different than a lot of cases that you and i talk about which is it's caught on surveillance um there's three eyewitnesses uh there's dna fingerprints forensics Here, this was a purely circumstantial case, not that there's anything wrong with that. I can explain why, because a lot of people get confused about that. But the only actual piece of forensic evidence that stood out to me was, and I don't know if you've seen the body cam, Chelsea, of when he's arrested that night, and the cops show up, he's wearing a Mm T-shirt. On that that body cam, they seize that shirt, and they get what's called, and I'm going to put it in air quotes, a blood spatter expert end quote, Uh to say say that there's a little tiny bit of blood on there that makes it clear that he uh, must have done this. Well, that is in many ways and shapes junk science. Uh, It's something I deal with as a defense counsel all the time, the problems with that kind of evidence. And without that t-shirt, Chelsea, and then we can get into the other major piece that convicted him, which was the recording of him theoretically being in the background at the time, which made his alibi look terrible. But, but for that t shirt, which is heavily based on very junky science, that's something that took the jury three hours to convict. And I said in the introduction, I'm really concerned about that speed of the verdict. It's something that bothers me greatly. I'll pause there if you'd like to know why.
0: Well, Ari, I mean, look, I'm I'm looking at this as someone who's consumed this from a, an entertainment standpoint. Okay, watch the docuseries, listen to a couple podcasts about this, have been following this story because it's it's very scandalous. And if you're not caught up on it, we're talking about uh, disgraced South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoch, who uh, is, I mean, think Old, southern, money, very powerful family with a ton of influence in this community. His wife and son are murdered. He is he's his he's pointed to to have been the one that done it. He obviously is now found guilty. But conveniently leading up to this, the son that was murdered was also embroiled in this huge drunk driving boating scandal in which one of his friends was killed. The wife had apparently filed for divorce. And there were all of these financial crimes that were sort of coming to light. I mean, if I'm sitting on that jury, I would likely convict him as well, based on all of that. uh, And 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 here's
1: here's the point, Chelsea, you you may be absolutely right this guy was wearing a sign on his head that essentially says convict me But here's why I push back on that. And I put my defense lawyer hat on a little bit here.
0: Okay, and I want you to push back on that and put that hat on in just one moment, Ari, because we need to go to break. But we're going to come right back with you in three minutes. Chelsea on Ched continues right after this. Welcome back. Talking about the guilty verdict for Alex Murdaugh found guilty of murdering his wife and son after a six week trial. Criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator Ari Goldkind is joining me to talk about this. Now, Ari, I said that I would have found him guilty if I was sitting on that jury. You said you were about Mm -hmm. to push back on finding him guilty because the evidence was circumstantial, so why would you push back on that?
1: No, so let me be clear. I'm not saying I would push back on finding him guilty. Okay. First of all, I wasn't in the courtroom for six weeks. As much as South Carolina is a beautiful place, and that factors into it, because as you mentioned in describing this, this is a very small, tight knit community. This is a family that was a scion. They basically ran the show as prosecutors for decades. That's a really important part important part of the story. So this is not a case, Chelsea, where I would say to you, I think he should have been acquitted. That's not my position, although it is in some other high-profile trials, not this one. Okay. Here's why I'm concerned about the verdict, though. Even in Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, and I'm a jury trial lawyer, even when you know that the verdict could come in an hour or two hours. That's how open and shut the case is one way or the other. Most juries tend to at least on a murder case. Remember, Chelsea, we're not talking about the financial crimes now. Again, I have some concerns that all of that went to the jury. The prosecution would say, well, that's because of motive. And if the defense says there's no motive, well, then the state has the ability to show, oh, he's got lots of motives Mm -hmm. and they all involve, you know, green and dollar signs. Now, let's go back to the verdict. And this is my personal view. They have a man's life in their hands. They have listened to six weeks of evidence. And remember, Chelsea, he testified, okay? That is a very unusual thing, whether it was a good or bad idea. Mm -hmm. We know it didn't pay off. Now, if he didn't testify, would he have been convicted in four hours? Probably. But when you have a man's life in your hand and you're a jury of his peers, and you don't even ask for a dinner break to deliberate, to discuss, to make sure you go over every piece of evidence carefully to see what 12 different human beings think or can argue about or play devil's advocate in a jury room. It brings the term rubber stamp to me. Now, some people Mm. say, what's the difference? It's open and shut. Who cares? They could have come back in an hour, like, press your luck and hit no whammies. But what concerns me is that different than what I see in our system whereas they'd at least take the night in a hotel or to deliberate because they don't want to look like they came back too fast. They want to look, Chelsea, and you'll find the word obvious, Mm -hmm. like they actually deliberated. And so given the high-profile nature of this, given that there was no direct evidence, that there was no forensic evidence, yes, motive means opportunity, it bothers me to see a jury where the defense's biggest worry at the beginning and throughout is would we be able to get a jury that gives this guy a fair shake given that he faked his own alibi he had himself shot he stole tons of money from other people stole money from his law firm is an opioid addict could you find a jury that said look at that time in the hunting area by the kennels the only explanation is that he killed them even though we have. Almost no other evidence, forensic or otherwise. I am concerned about the rush of the verdict, not necessarily that they found him guilty.
0: So what do you suggest then? I mean, do we put a mandated amount of time that a jury needs to deliberate to make sure that it's fair?
1: No, no, that's a very good point. I don't think there should be any interference in that, although in fairness, you're seeing some of the juries, jurors, Chelsea, start to go on to TV today sure. and start talking about what they do, and in three days you'll see their books coming out. In Canada, as you know, it's forbidden to discuss what goes on in a jury room. And in fact, it's a crime. Most Canadians don't realize that that's why we never hear jurors going on Oprah or going on YouTube or selling books, because you're not allowed to do it. No, I'm not saying you put a clock on it to make it look good. But when you have such an overwhelming, maybe I can use the word taint to say that this guy was starting behind the eight ball. Anybody who thinks he was starting with a clear slate, a clean slate, with the presumption of innocence cloaked over him the way us lawyers like to use in our jury clothing, Mm -hmm. that's a bit of a myth. So no, I'm not saying five hours would have been my magic number one day but when you have a man's life in your hands where it becomes impossible to appeal chelsea if i had a dollar for every time i get a call from somebody who's convicted i want to appeal i want to appeal i want to get it overturned and you have to say to them 96 to 98 percent of cases never get overturned on appeal Hmm. if you're a jury you're his peer i'd like to think it was worth more than three hours before even a dinner break that's just me maybe my defense lawyer bias, but Chelsea, I think you've had me enough times on here to know that I'm not drinking my own Kool-Aid <laughs> as a defense lawyer about these cases.
0: And we have talked a little bit before, Ari, about the court of public opinion and how this weighs in on so many different issues and so many different trials now. Can you can you possibly separate that really from any case at this point to, to get really a fair, insulated shake at a trial?
1: I don't think so. I think we've become so crushed by what again, this is my word, I should have trademarked it, anti-social media, in every way, shape, and form, it perverts us, it screws with our brains, it's a dopamine fix, it is like a drug, it affects how we think, it affects how we speak publicly, it is as toxic as the day is long, and I don't care that anybody disagrees, because while they're disagreeing with me, they're staring at their phone, tweeting about how they disagree (laughs) with me. That's my point. So, do I think that Murdoch, From the time you look at this chain, from the indictments from the grand jury, first the money, then the opioids, then the this, then the law firm, then the misappropriation of funds, do I think 12 jurors, particularly in a small courthouse like Colleton County, and if you've ever been there, Chelsea, it's one of the most beautiful, insulated bubbles in the world, do I think 12 ordinary average people could go in there immune From all of the chatter and all of this, sure, they'll tell you that we didn't Google. They'll tell you that they didn't do this, and they'll tell you that they gave a fair shake. And again, I'm not saying he's not guilty. But until somebody can come up with a better system, Mm -hmm. because you can't say to me, well, if they moved it to Minnesota, (laughs) nobody would have known there. That's a different discussion for a different day. But in a capital murder case, again, not saying they got it wrong, don't have enough ammunition, pun not kind of intended to say that, Uh, but it really does concern me here, given that a six-week trial comes to a close. There just didn't, to me, when I saw how fast that verdict came in, there just didn't seem to me to be deliberative action from the jury. And by the way, Chelsea, if they acquitted in three hours, just so people understand my point, if they acquitted in three hours, I would have been on your show saying, I'm not so sure they went through the Crown's case, the state's case, the prosecution case, with the fine-tooth comb, unless it's so open and shut. I oh, mean, I know you. You, would. Know you I mean? don't.
0: You don't always take the, the most popular opinion, <laughs> Ari. Thank I you. I
1: don't. I I have no desire for
0: that. <laughs> Ari, thank you so much for making the time. Always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, get your thoughts, especially on situations like this.
1: Great to be with
0: you. Take care. Ari Goldkind is a criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator. Uh, what a wild story this has been. And now he's guilty. Alex Murdoch found guilty of murdering his wife and son after a six-week trial. And as you heard Ari mentioned several times, a three-hour jury deliberation.